This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, ready for one? Oh, I'm so ready for one. This is great. Woman... Pees alcohol despite not drinking a drop. Ooh, oh, that is bananas. Everybody, uh, I'm Kurt Brownoler, and I'm Scotty Landis. Welcome well, to the silliest little podcast there ever was, Bananas. Bananas, and this is the first episode we're recording um, since we've actually like launched. Uh, and so, we just want to thank everybody for subscribing and for rating us and reviewing us. That's a, it, it's been overwhelming. Scotty and I, we're, we're, we're tearful. We're, we're so we, happy. I wept all night. I wept all morning. It was beautiful. So thank you very oh, much, guys. Can't stop crying. Thank you, guys. Um, and we are very excited uh, to have a very, a very special guest, mm. our good friend, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together for the wonderful Emily Gordon. Hi. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I'll clap for myself. Absolutely. Yeah. How are you, Emily? <laughs> Uh, you know, doing great. I haven't stopped crying either. <laughs> <laughs> For other reasons. Yeah. Yay. Mine's joyful. Yours is more just containment. So <laughs> it is. It's the pandemic roller coaster. It, yeah. For me, it really goes. It goes good day, medium day, bad day, good day. And it just goes through that forever. Like, I'll have a day where I'm just so happy. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be surprised every time the bad comes back. Every time the bad comes back, I'm like, huh, I Mm. thought I'd kick this in the ass. I thought I'd taken care of this. (laughs) And then uh, it comes back, and I'm like, well, here we are. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Emily, have you spotted any of your neighbors behaving strangely? Is anybody doing anything weird out the window? Um, What my neighbors are doing is talking to me. (laughs) Oh, like trying to talk to you all the time? (laughs) I Here's... I'm sure they're very nice. It's they're very nice people. We had uh yeah, our neighbors next door have started being way more chatty and have also been telling us that they've been listening to the podcast that my husband and I have been doing together. Yes. Give us which, the name. Okay, everybody knows uh, already. Stay in, baby. Staying in with Emily and Kumail. Thanks for the plug. Uh but that is awkward because I it I don't know what to do with that information and now I know I can't ever talk about my neighbors uh who are wonderful people if they're listening to this one. But I don't. I like a community. I'm enjoying a community, but I don't need this much community. I, know, I was just about to launch into a story about a neighbor, and then I realized there's a good chance that they will listen to this. So I cannot. Yep. I cannot. 
And so make up one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this guy's got this iguana. He's walking it on a leash oh, up and down the street. Wow. Could be anybody. What neighbor? <laughs> that could be the whole neighborhood. It's wild over there. I do live in an iguana-centric uh, neighborhood. It's a ton of iguanas around here. Ton, tons of iguanas. I We definitely heard, we had the window open and we heard someone screaming like, uh, I'm assuming I can curse, literally like, oh, what the fuck, Karen? Like, we heard that. And, and Kamala, That's just, a great interpretation. Kamala and I just looked at each other and we were like, you know what? I get it. I get it. <laughs> like, I often want to scream, what the fuck, Karen? You can't, uh, this is not a video podcast, but Kamala is... Kumail in all of his, his glory, walking by. muscles is walking behind you right now. Oh, and leave him alone. Stole a glance. He stole a glance. <laughs> uh, so tell me about this woman that pees alcohol, Kurt. Oh, yes, of course, Sadi. Let me My get into it. My dream woman. This, no kidding. This has never been documented before. Mm-hmm. So she drinks no... Uh, unnamed patient, 61, has become the first person... Oh, I'm sorry. To This is from yes. metro.co.uk. Oh, uh, that's a good one. I get a lot of good stories from there. I love Metro. <laughs> I love Metro. And uh, this is, of course, by Zoe Druid, our best friend. Mm, love uh, her. So the unnamed patient, 61, has become the first person in the world to be diagnosed with urinary autobrewery syndrome Ooh. caused by yeast in her bladder that ferments sugar in her urine to produce alcohol. And this process is almost exactly the same as the one used by beer makers, but it was happening in her own body. And I continue to read on, and uh, what they, instead of the whatever the yeast is that beer makers use, the thing that was causing it um, was candida, they think. Uh, which is like which is like a yeast infection situation, right? Yeah, it is I a think, type. Yeah. Uh, it is a yeast naturally produced by the body, and it was okay. accumulating in her bladder. And when she ingested sugar, boom! There it uh, is. Just went for it. <laughs> wow! But that is amazing. You're, how, you're urinating beer. How, oh. how did what? What did she go to the doctor? When she went to the doctor, what did she say? Yeah, did she drive herself? Okay, well, that's where the story gets a little bit more sad, guys. <laughs> oh, no. I was leaving all these details out. Yeah, uh, what was she, her breathalyzer level? That's what she, I want to know. So she has... What was her queefalyzer? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should go. queefalyzer? She's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Double, double points for that. Thank you, Emily. What a nightmare. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Continue. Don't apologize right. for that. It's my favorite thing I've heard all week. So, uh... <laughs> Kenichi Tanmama at the mm-hmm. University of Pittsburgh Medical Center Presbyterian Hospital said the woman who has diabetes and liver cirrhosis was recommended for a liver transplant but taken off a donor waiting list and referred for alcohol abuse treatment instead uh, despite denying ever drinking alcohol. And then further blood tests for metabolites of ethanol were negative meaning the woman did not have alcohol in her blood. So she's trying to get a goddamn liver transplant and her body starts making beer on her and oh, she gets wow. fucking kicked off the list. Like, it's crazy. Wow. Wait, I didn't know you could get cirrhosis of the liver without consuming alcohol. You can. You can. Oh, wow. It is a disease unto itself. It can be caused by um, alcohol, but it can just happen naturally. Like, my mm-hmm. mom had liver, they, she had liver cancer, and she never drank ever ever my entire life and it wow. just was this kind of like you know it's just like cancer it's just like a, it's random, a thing that can just happen yeah like, genetic choice and where was this Ugh. lady is she 
I mean... Pittsburgh, baby! Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. I was thinking it was like <laughs> Munich, Germany or something, where they should right. make her like the grandmaiden of the Palmer Hofbrau House or whatever. <laughs> she should be... We should hoist her up. We should celebrate this woman. Oh, I'm... I'm listen, I don't want to get gross, but I think she could make some money okay. by selling her own urine to well, Would you drink it? Oh, God, no. Look, I would... I don't know. <laughs> I'm not... I, look... You know what? If she said, I want you to drink my pee because it's beer, I would drink her beer, beer, beer pee, her pee. Well, beer pee. <laughs> I think this is going down a strange path. I think you, <laughs> I think you break, if you ever get a bottle, you take it to a holiday party and you put it on the bar and you just like, it's how you discard stuff you don't want from your own mm-hmm. collection, mm-hmm. which is a pro tip. And I think if somebody gave me a bottle of this, I would probably keep it politely for three months and then I would leave it at somebody's <laughs> Easter bruncheon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I've had, I've drank things like with, with a, a snake, you know, alcohol yeah. with a snake in it and stuff like that. It seems, it seems similar. I wonder if it tastes, I do wonder how it tastes. And I also, I, I feel like maybe that is an untapped market for women who get yeast infections. There you go. <laughs> I don't think anybody else does this. That She is the first person in the world. I don't think if you just have a yeast infection, you're making beer. She's a superhero, well, really. She's like a <laughs> low-level superhero. She's in I, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I agree 100% with that statement. Yeah, yeah she really is. What a, and what a sad thing to not drink. To have that be your thing. Yeah. Yes. I agree. To, yeah. For an alcoholic, they'd be psyched. Yeah, but for her, also, no go. it's also true that uh, people with schizophrenia will, when they exhale, there there is something a compound very similar to butane in their exhalation oh, that weird. is part of. Uh, it's part like just it's a weird thing. It's a weird little quirk, and it, you don't use it to like diagnose them, but it's a thing. But I'm like, I like. It's an interesting idea that like people sometimes people's bodies just turn into factories. You Isn't know, that, like that is fascinating. So, did you actually learn that? Because as we, as most of us know, you are a trained psychologist, correct? You're a licensed <laughs> I'm a, psychologist. I was. I'm no longer licensed. I have left that lapse. But okay. uh, the yeah, and I work with people with schizophrenia for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they there is a weird kind of. Um, Smell. Uh, there is a smell that you kind of start to recognize wow. about people who are severely mentally ill. That is not a body odor, nothing like that. It's just a very odd kind of metallic smell. And uh, it turns out they have they there is butane traces of a substance similar oh. to butane in their exhalation. That's fascinating. I think the mind body connection in mental health is going to like it's going to explode. I mean, I'm sure it's already exploding. I don't know much about the field, <laughs> uh, but I feel like the connection between like you know the feedback loop system between the body yeah. and the mind is going to be a big I make source. almond milk. I've been very popular in the quarantine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Me too. <laughs> Just selling my body almond milk. <laughs> mm. Mm. Did you have, have you ever heard as a psychologist about, because I remember hearing, and Scotty always, I know I always talk about these like urban myths that like mm-hmm. existed before memes, um, that schizophrenics, one, one not, not a diagnostic tool, but um, that schizophrenics will often consume uh, uh, instant coffee instead of actually making it into coffee, like consume the powder. Has anybody else heard this, though? First I, no, I haven't heard that. That is weird that you say that because I worked in a facility where a home for people with schizophrenia, yes. like 270 people, <laughs> and instant coffee was 
incredibly popular among them. And I never really thought about it. I never kind of thought of it as a thing. I never heard it anywhere else. And I was like, yeah, they like, they like to roll their own cigarettes and they liked instant coffee. I never thought about that as being like a thing that other people with schizophrenia would do. How right. strange and fun. If, anybody know, if anybody's listening knows the answer, I'm sure I could Google it, but I ain't going to. <laughs> nope, never do. Google ruined urban legends. Let's it's true. say, I That's swear, true. I promise, and it has to count. If somebody goes, I swear it's true, then we all just need to believe over drinks that it's true. Scotty, hit us with another one. I'm switching gears completely. I'm reading okay. the headline. Prickles the sheep comes home after seven years. <laughs> Kurt laughing maybe that. Prickles the sheep comes home after seven years with glorious uncheered fleece. This is from Ooh. CBC Radio. Oh. So this lamb in Australia disappeared during a brush fire seven years ago, and then he just shows up again seven years later. His name is Prickles. Obviously. Um, and Prickles hasn't been shorn. Oh, her name is Prickles. Sorry. And she hasn't been shorn since she got stuck on the wrong side of a fence uh, during a rebuild. There was a uh, 20,000 hectare fire that ravaged Tasmania in 2013. So this poor sheep just takes off. She's a special kind of sheep called a bare-faced merino, which (laughs) means that her face doesn't grow, so she was able to see this entire time. I am going to put this one up on our Instagram. We have to see this on the Instagram. This thing is, it is rotund. Is it just a circle? It's a circle (laughs) with a sheep's face in the front. Um, so, uh, but also, so, that's what sheep used to look like before humans just started taking their hair. This is my question. Thank like, you. evolutionarily, what sense? Like, that's what all sheep were, right? Before yeah. we stepped in. I bet you, I bet you they've just been bred for the fluffy ones. You're that, probably right. You know, so probably before man started doing it, they probably looked a little more normal. Yeah. You know, like, um, he's just out here like Mr. T. <laughs> oh, it's huge. Oh, way bigger than Mr. T. So Prickles is. Prickles could take down Mr. T in his prime handily. Um, So this is how she comes back. Um, Well, first I need to quote Alice Gray, who owns Prickles. Um, She says she's quite a sight to behold, and she's quite glorious. But luckily, she was also very healthy under all that. Uh, very nimble for and oh, very nimble for such extreme proportions. She still managed to tire out my husband while chasing him around the bush. Very sweet. So the Gray family were at their farm. They have thousands of sheep, and they honestly just didn't realize Prickles was missing um, for seven then, years. For seven years. I mean, th- yeah, they have a, you know thousands of sheep. They got a lot of sheep. Ta- so they're they're so confusing. They have thousands of sheep that they've all named and right? with cutesy names, the cutest <laughs> names, but. They don't notice when a sheep named Prickles goes missing. Well, we got Prickles, Dingles, Sprinkles, Tickles. Yeah, it's maybe a Home Alone situation where they were like counting, and they somehow one of the sheep like moved over, and they were like, "Well, that's Prickles." Because hey, honestly, how can you tell Prickles apart from the other sheep? Like how your, do you do it? I like your theoretical sheep counting method in which they all line up in a line for you. <laughs> that's how they go to sleep every night. Come on. <laughs> They just lightly tilt to the right, and they're already touching the ground. I mean, Prickles is so fat. She could just be like, just just bend that right knee, and then she'd just be on a luxury Serta mattress. Um, the grandfather of the farm put out a night vision camera, and when he was looking over the footage, he saw this great white fluffy thing come and peer down into the lens. The family was having a barbecue for their son's sixth birthday, and Prickles appeared again. 
And while they're setting up for this party, uh, the husband like goes out and chases it, and they're having this barbecue, and then he comes back 15 min- minutes later, and it took a group effort to wrangle the massive sheep back into the truck and return to the flock where Gray says, happy ending, is now settling in nicely. So wow. Prickles is back, baby, and I don't know if they sheared her or shorn her or whatever you say to this nope. point. Yeah, the past tense of sheer. That's great. Also interesting that that son has no idea who Prickles is. Yeah. He's lived a life without Prickles. I know. And now that's the story. Life with (laughs) Prickles now. Yeah. But also, I think that's going to be all of us at the end of this quarantine because none of us can get haircuts. (laughs) We're all going to just be like, I weirdly got a haircut the day of like March 13th, right before the lockdown like happened. You rolled the dice. I rolled the dice and I was like, make it short because maybe this will last two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) How funny. (laughs) And so now my hair is already long. Have you guys uh, ever been to like a bull riding, like the PBR or uh, any local bull riding events? Mm -mm. No. Because they're very entertaining and probably extremely cruel. And they're very visceral, and everybody like gets flop sweat the first time like a bull really goes off. The reason I bring this up is they have this thing called mutton busting. <laughs> mutton busting is the highlight where they basically take children, they put them on the back of a large sheep, and then no. they just let the sheep go. So the child's <laughs> holding it, not sitting up like riding a horse or a bull. They're holding it like if you just were skydiving and landed on a sheep and grabbed it. <laughs> and they just open a pen, and it's who can hold on to the sheep. Mutton busting is the oh funniest God. thing in the world. Um, sorry so for old are these kids? listeners. Like Six, eight? seven. Like uh, what oh. I'm thinking is, uh, this son Barclay might be he might be mutton busting all over Tasmania. <laughs> <at this point>. <laughs> <laughs> mutton busting is the most dirty sounding thing for children to do. Ugh, I ain't afraid of no mutton. That's yeah. what I want to do immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Mutton makes me feel good. No, it would still be busted. Makes me feel good. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that, no. guys. <laughs> I highly encourage YouTubing mutton busting. Um, it's a family affair. They put helmets on the kids now. The early they need to. In yeah, the good that makes old sense. Days they were just helmetless kids getting concussed left and right, getting bucked uh, off a little muttons. But uh, yeah, can you imagine busting. being like, "What happened to you?" Oh, I I um, was holding onto a sheep, <laughs> and then I fell off the sheep, and the sheep trampled me. I did it for fun. <laughs> oh yeah, also, did you get do, paid? To also to do hundreds at the same time, vastly increasing the trampling rate. That's because oh, no. also they're in a group and they're like, yeah. let's get let's mutton bust these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's get these off of us immediately. <laughs> it feels like sometimes you see something so American that it almost makes you like appreciate. You just go, God, we're dumb. But sometimes we really get it right because it is mm-hmm. so entertaining. They actually send the sheep and the kid out one at a time and then they time it. So like I saw this one little guy in Madison Square Garden where they do the PBR tour and he holds on this thing till the sheep just gets tired and then just stands there and this little guy stands up and then just takes off his cowboy hat like he's five years old and Madison Square Garden erupted oh my god that's a beautiful I wish I could have seen that that sounds amazing it's all downhill for that kid like Um, oh of course Madison Square Garden's never gonna applaud for you again no again yeah and that kid was Adam Levine from Maroon 5 (laughs) and that is Adam Driver that's how you make Adam Driver it turns out yeah like I got to do early in my comedy career, like two years into doing comedy, I got to play Radio City Music Hall opening for Flight of the Concords, doing a bit with Kristen Shaw. 
And literally, we did our three minute bit, and it was amazing. And then it was like, it's all been downhill from there. Oh. Once you Holy do shit. Radio City Music Hall, two years into comedy, nothing after that is going to impress you. <laughs> Hey, never say never, man. You, you might be, you might skydive into the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> I mean, in. in the doors. It's going to open, it's going to yes. open that top up and I'm going to fly right in. Hell yeah. You <laughs> got yeah, another right? uh, crazy story for us, Kurt? I sure do. Give oh, us man. something good. This, I, I almost bring, I bring this one up be, me, merely because I do have a story for it. Um Okay. But also, I think we can uh, appeal to uh, Emily's uh, psychology degree once again to see if this is something that uh, happens to other people. Student Mm -hmm. says she gave cookies containing grandfather's ashes to classmates. Okay. I'm listening. This is coming from Mashable, Mm -hmm. where I get all my news. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it is by Chloe Bryan. Love uh, her. This is from 2018. A sure. student in Davis, California, has claimed that around two weeks ago, she and a co-conspirator, not named, gave nine classmates cookies containing her grandfather's ashes. Uh, okay, and this is the best line from the a mm. whole article. So far, it is unclear why the student felt motivated to bring desserts with human remains in them to school. <laughs> yeah. So far. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they all ate them, and... Uh, <clears throat> And they're very bummed out that the media got a hold of this story. How did the how did this come to light? Yes. Did people did people get sick or did nobody they, got they sick. even notice? Yeah, what, your, nobody, your, your granddad's ashes aren't going to make people sick. Yeah, I in a letter think. to the parents on so. Tuesday. Oh, yeah, it was a letter to the parents. That's why. Oh, I think just let it let it go. I bet Do you know it what I mean? Good. I? I bet it tastes like Earl Grey tea. Guys, oh boy! You know what? I happen to know. Uh-oh. Uh <laughs> so I was this was many years ago mm. and my friend Ptolemy Slocum uh you might know him from Westworld great he, guy great guy great guy he and I were in an improv group many years together many years ago called Neutrino yes and uh his father tragically died and uh, and we were having a memorial for him, and Ptolemy decided that he wanted the memorial to be at... Uh, and Ptolemy would be okay with me telling this story, and that's why I'm telling it. Yeah. <laughs> he decided that his memorial would be at a Benihana restaurant. Yes. And I think... I guess it was it. Yeah, it was in New York City. It was Benihana. I'd never been to a Benihana restaurant. The best. Uh, the best. And because he used to go with his dad, so he thought this would be great. And if you know Benihana restaurants, there's whatever, like 10 seats at the table. Um, and they fill all 10 seats. So you might, if unless you have like 10 people, you're, you're going to be sitting with people you don't know. You're sitting with strangers. Which is yeah. a nightmare, which yeah. is a full nightmare. Yeah. So yeah, when eight... you're catching shrimp, that's a nightmare. You want to yeah. know everybody, and you want <laughs> them to that. know you. I need a connection. Yeah. 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 I want to be like, Emily, she has so many things going for her. The fact that that shrimp hit her in the forehead, we're just <laughs> ignoring it. We love her. She's <laughs> sophisticated. Just like, just like a grease spot happening. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. <laughs> and so, with, there's eight of us in the in, in, so improv group, right? And so there's eight of us, and then there's two people who are seated mm-hmm. at the Benihana table who have no idea okay. that this is a memorial uh, for his dead father. Oh, and we're all like just doing bits and like, you know, having a really good time. And like it's respectful and fun, you know, but we're just like doing bit. We're all good friends and we all just joke around with each other. And then, unbeknownst to us, right before the guy starts to cook on the thing, Stolomy pulls out something from his pocket and throws it onto no. the... <laughs> what? 
<laughs> oh, what? Yes. Throws it on to the surface where everything's going to be cooked. The hibachi grill. The hibachi grill. <laughs> uh, and then, and we're just, and you can't tell what it is. Do you know what I mean? It almost just looks like oh, uh, wow. little pebbles or something like that. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, did yeah, the yeah. onion volcano go crazy when he did it? <laughs> Did he summon something? It was pre. It was pre. The guy starting to cook on it, and the guy does wipe it down before he starts. Ugh. So there was no health issues or anything like that. But all of us lost our mind knowing what was going on. But these two people who are there who don't know what's going on—that this is a memorial, and that 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 is his father who has just oh, been man. tossed onto what we're all going to be eating off of—are oh, unaware completely. And then Ptolemy was like, realized like, oh, I shouldn't do that, and then scooped it all up and just ate it all. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. And I guarantee he is okay with me telling this story. Well, it's a long, he's passed that years ago. I mean, yeah, this was. He literally has passed it. Yeah, (laughs) that's been passed. That is in the past. Oh, man. Uh, 10 years ago, at least. What was his intention with with what he was doing? I think that there is, and this is what I wanted to ask you. I think there is a, I think it's far more common to Mm. taste it. To, to, taste, the... to taste the remains of, of your mother or your father, hmm. like someone you I... were very, very close with. I've thought about it. I have my mom's remains like in, like literally I can see where they are from where and I'm sitting. And you've thought about it. I have thought about like putting them on my, in my mouth for some reason. I don't know why. Like I don't want to eat it, it, but I think it's like a, hmm. it's a closeness concept maybe. Yeah. Curious. I did not specialize in edible grief. <laughs> I did not specialize. <laughs> <laughs> No. But I do think there maybe is like a religious aspect to it of like the body of Christ, like doing communion yeah. and stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's maybe something to it there that like that's how we reconnect with Jesus. If that's a belief that you have is yeah. by eating wafers, I'll say. Those are wafers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Not ground up stones and little bits of bone. I was, I, yeah, that's strange. I have like not experienced that for grief. No, you have not experienced it. All right. I have you not. Ex- but I also have not lost anyone that close to me. So I don't know. Right. That's a very... Again, you're talking to the guy who already said he would drink that woman's beer piss. So, <laughs> Did you guys ever hear that Tyrese has a Benihana in his backyard? No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. I don't think that's an urban legend. I think he had a miniature Benihana built in his backyard, and it's like a hibachi grill <laughs> with the Benihana sign and stuff. I'm, <laughs> and I encourage anybody to let me know if it's true, but I'm almost, I'm 98% sure that Tyrese Gibson, the actor, rapper, the multi-hyphenate, probably author. Model. He probably He's a, a model. For yeah. sure a model. He screamed at me once for so long it was hilarious. For um, what? What'd you do? So when I was 21, um, I went on one audition. I went to uh, an audition and I got sort of cast. I was going to be in the movie Annapolis with James Franco and Tyrese. And so I was going to be one of the plebes pledging the Naval Academy. And the, the extras, I was like one step above extra. Basically, I was like a featured extra. So I had to go get fitted. And then I had, we had to go to boot camp in Philadelphia and learn how to march and do, how to take commands and turn on your heel and all this stuff and how your thumbs go down the seam of your pants. And we had to run obstacle courses and get our head shaved. Whoa. We had to do wow. all that stuff. And I... So I was one of the people that was going to be like in the gang. Like I might have had like one line at some point, but basically I was just one of the gang. Um, And so we're doing it and it's the first day of boot camp and we're learning how to march from real drill instructors. And I'm learning how to call out all the stuff. And like people are yelling like hoorah and all that. 
fun stuff. So Tyrese comes over and starts yelling at these extras. And they're like 19-year-old kids that probably work at grocery stores in Philadelphia that thought it'd be cool to be in a movie and make $100 a day. And he's in their face like a drill instructor screaming at them. In character. In character. And, And nothing's rolling. There's nothing's no rolling. The director's not there. Method what? actor. Method Tyrese yeah. acting. Yes. Beyond method. So I'm sort of the one that people are going, okay, Scotty, now you would say this and I would yell that. And then he's like, okay, so guys, we're going to all turn on our right heel and hit our feet together and say this and don't lock your knees or faint. So I'm like, okay. So I felt a slight sense of like um, paternal instinct over my group of 20 extras. So I am watching him yell and I just start laughing. Like, not and not being an asshole, just it's so funny to me what he's doing. And then he sees me instantly, and he's got, like, a super intense face, um, famously. And he Handsome. walks over to me, and he's like, I see you smirking. You will not ruin this for me. I've been climbing the acting ladder. And he starts screaming. He's <gasps> like, you what? will not ruin this for me. Like, all of you are nothing. This means the world to me. And he's screaming <laughs> at my face, and I am laughing more because he's becoming, like, so embarrassing. It's he's also I'm so out of character at this point. He's fully out of character, but so yeah. also trying to be in character. Yeah, but he's like acting. And, <laughs> and then we're getting these very um, uh, like layman's terms ways to do it, right? So like one of the things they say is like, don't make a fist at your side. It's like pretend like you have a roll of quarters in your hand. That's what your hand should be like, relaxed with your thumb down the seam of your pants. So he's like, if I say put a roll of quarters in your hand, he's like yelling that at me and i'm like so i'm just straightening up and standing there and laughing so and he's like really going off on me and so then he eventually like calms down and uh so then we're doing it and he's watching me yelling at my extras uh because he's just waiting for another reason to snap at me probably back in character um so i am yelling so loud i'm like booming my voice by far the loudest in this field at this old armory (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we do this thing where you turn and you yell like cock and drive or something, which is like you turn your foot and drive your heel into the ground. And then you yell hoorah. <clears throat> and I yell hoorah so loud. And I see this small person in front of me wince and almost fall over. And it's Jordana Brewster, <laughs> who's an actress who, who I didn't see the entire day, who I think was just doing like Tyrese, just like practicing her walking among the police. <laughs> and but you're I, terrifying her. Yeah, and she's like, I don't know, five, two or so. She's a smaller person. And I screamed so loud in her face that she like buckled over and then <laughs> looked at me like I was insane and then just kept walking. And then at lunch, we all got our head shaved and then I quit and I didn't do the movie. <laughs> Um, you quit? Yeah, because I, I was living in Baltimore, and I when I found out what the role was really going to be, because um, they were like, you got a part. And then I found out it was like a featured extra. So but wait, was, you quit after getting your head shaved? Yeah, because I thought I was going to... That's when you get on camera if you're a low-level actor. But, you know, because like, if you're a low-level actor in an army movie, your best chance is the head-shaving sequence. Um, oh, I see. I so, see. And okay. the camera's rolling for the head-shaving. But then I shave, and then they fed us like shit on a shingle and like military-style food. And I'm eating, and I was watching the lineup of actors go in, and there was like 
a kid like Blake from Workaholics with just giant cur- big hair. And I'm like, well, he's going to make it. And then there was like a kid that had like a big afro. And I'm like, well, that guy's clearly going to get on camera. And so I drove home and I think I got a paycheck for like 600 bucks. And that's the only proof. I think there's one wide shot where they were filming something wide during one of those training days where you can see me like jogging with a group. But other than that, not in Annapolis. <laughs> Anyways, Benny Han is great. Take your loved ones. As soon as this is over, take the whole family. Seven to nine friends. Also, isn't it? uh, And one last thing about establishments and homes. Doesn't Jimmy Carr have a Starbucks in his home? I've heard the story as well, but I don't know if that is true. Tommy Lee does. The drummer for Motley Crue had it on his cribs. He was so sick of driving (laughs) down the street, he built a full Starbucks in his house. And he uses it. If I when I played The Sims, which I did a lot, okay. that's the kind of thing I would have done in my Sims house. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah take my favorite thing and put it. I know Barbara Streisand has a mall in her home. What? Really? And I've heard two stories. The one story is the mall is so that she likes to shop in malls, but doesn't want to, can't go to malls, so they just like stores will just like stock her house, and she can just like walk among them. That's uh-huh. one story I've heard. Okay. The other story I've heard is that her mall is just all of her stuff, but on display as if it's like in <laughs> Ooh, store. Way crazy. I bet you it's both, right? Because when be a both. store isn't like putting stuff in, she's just like, yeah, dress it up, dress this. Either way, like, is me. there a Spencers in there? Yeah. Can I apply to work there? I just topic. like. I love can the I, Spencers. Can I please work at the Spencers in Barbara Streisand's house? Yeah, good call. <laughs> It would be so fun to do that for a month. Yeah. Oh, my God. One customer. Just yeah. have her come in, just be like, we got fart pills, and we got this, <laughs> this thing you Black can put your poster. hand on it, <laughs> and it shoots like a little purple light at it. Yeah, that's all we got. We're Spencers. Now, I went to one recently, and it's just like baby bibs that say, like, shut up, bitch. And you're like, oh, what? Really? what happened? What so happened? Uh, Over the hill pills, right? Yep. Those were mm-hmm. a big one. Dick uh, do. Nudie my, training. Nudie, nudie cards. Yep. Oh, cards. I have some of those. Yeah, those are great. We, I currently have multiple packs because someone gave them to me. <laughs> uh, okay, we got to take a quick break on that. Yeah, let's take a quick one. Yeah, e- either enjoy some music or maybe we'll have an ad. Who I would knows? love an ad. We're back with yeah. Emily Gordon. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How are you doing? I, I don't know why I made that noise. <laughs> You're supposed to. You guys whoa, ready whoa, for whoa. a story? Oh, it's Scotty's story. It's Scotty's story. You know, let's. Let, I'm. that was a death story. Let's get to a life story. This one comes from CNN. Our girl, Amy Woodyat. Great last name, Woodyat. Woman's breast implant deflects bullet, saving her life. Whoa. <laughs> So a woman who survived a close-range gunshot wound to the chest was saved because of our silicone breast implant. Um, this is also was reported in the Sage Medical Journal last week. Wow. A uh, 30-year-old woman um, had a bullet hit her breast implant, and it deflected it away from all her vital uh, organs. It took place in Toronto, Canada. Um, and they don't know all the details of the shooting, but... Um, it's funny. I guess this woman, um, her name is Lindsay 
Devers, is that right? Let me see. Dude, because I want to get it right, because again, another superhero. Oh, no, they're not telling us who it is. Okay. That kind of um, makes sense, too, because everybody yeah. would be like friending yeah. her on Instagram for sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm keeping it a secret. I have bullet stopping breasts. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the exact details of the shooting were unclear, but she said, like, when they showed up to the emergency room, she was super cool about it. And the quote, she was talking, the trauma team was in disbelief at how well she was. The bullet wound entry was on her left breast but the rib fracture was on the right side so the bullet entered her skin on the left side ricocheted across her sternum and broke out of her rib on the other side so it just completely didn't hit any organs at all and she lived and she was out of the hospital let's see the implant uh, the surgeon says the implant caused the change in the trajectory of the bullet. The woman suffered a gunshot wound, a broken rib, a broken implant, but otherwise was remarkably unscathed. Whoa. Wow. And now she only has one implant. Yeah. I mean, that's rough. Let's get a Kickstarter going. <laughs> Let's get <laughs> You want to you you think- get that second one back for a couple reasons. One being stopping bullets. Two being, it just is weird when yeah. you... <laughs> it's tank top <laughs> season. You got to get it right. Don't you think insurance covers getting shot in your breasts, though? <laughs> insurance must cover that. In also, Canada? Yeah. In Canada, of course it does. Also, I don't want to be crass or anything like that, don't. but like what was the size of the breast mm-hmm. implant that it like what is the requirement say. for it to stop a bullet? It is it just say. like anything? It didn't say, but there was a photo of an x-ray with uh and it was a uh, it was it wasn't an A cup, I'll say that. <laughs> okay. All right. It, it was. I would say we're in that solid B C range based purely on one x-ray I saw. On an iPad. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder if the implant was like still good because sometimes they can go bad and I've heard they can like solidify at times and I'm like, maybe it had gone bad and somehow that helped. That's interesting as well. Yeah, because they can can harden up, right? Over time. Oh yeah, they can harden up, baby. (laughs) They can harden up. Uh, They, uh, that was the first recorded instance of a silicone implant doing this. So she is, today we're all about groundbreaking people. We are oh, yeah bit. superheroes. Also, I, this like every guy is like, babe, I'm gonna keep you safe, uh, <laughs> just in case something happens. You know what I think you should do? It's just like a, it's like a bulletproof vest forever, kind of. <laughs> that looks really hot. <laughs> Why is that my man voice? I'm, I'm so sorry. Pretend, we, we sound like that often. Yeah. Um, also, in explaining that, I would probably sound like that. I'd be like, babe, <laughs> babe, babe, <laughs> seriously, babe. I mean, I, I think it's an argument for putting, for making them like the outside of them Kevlar, because that Kevlar can be like pretty, uh, you know, like they make uh, they make running bibs out of Kevlar, don't they? Is that what you want to put your hand on, Kurt? Is that what you want to put your hand on? <laughs> yeah. A full Kevlar boob. <laughs> hey, I'm never doing it, guys. I'm never going to get <laughs> breast implants. Do you ever think about something you watch like on TV, like? 15 years ago but you just think about it maybe once a week like is there any show or Uh, like a video or something that you just it always pops into your head um a fruity pebbles commercial yeah good example which one uh do the rap. My name's Barney Rubble, yep, and I'm here, here to, to say, say I love yeah, fruity I love pebbles, pebbles in a major, in a major way. way. <laughs> I love that one. I think that about pops into my head all the time. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours, Kurt? Do you have one off the top of your head? No, I don't. Do you have one? Yes, and it's related to the story. That's why I said that because it came like when I read this, and then as I'm saying it, there was like MTV's True Life did one about like people that wanted perfect bodies, and there's this one guy who was like, I pretty much have. <laughs> 
I pretty much have a perfect body, but my legs are too skinny. So in the episode, he was getting uh, calf implants. And I'd never <laughs> heard of that before. But I think about that guy. He was just like always like shirtless in the thing and always rubbing his like eight pack and always just like shredded. And it, he was just like, I'm pretty much perfect. And I think he thought if he got calf implants, that would be what made women like him. It so, was, like suddenly they'd be like, oh, double take. We love this guy. Yeah, it, <laughs> And I was young. I was probably like 13 or so. And I just remember feeling like overwhelming depression for that guy. Being just like, Oh, you were already him. self-aware yeah. enough to feel sad for him. I think so. I think I was like looking at him as probably a 25-year-old dude and just being like, dude, that is not how it works. And nobody cares. Nobody in the world cares but you about this stupid... But like I think about that guy all the time, where I'm like, it, "Did he? Did the calf implants look awesome? Does he still have them? Have they shifted around to the front of his legs? Like what? <laughs> uh, have they stopped a bullet when he's running away after robbing a Dwayne Reed? I don't know. As a man, as a man with uh, stick-like legs, stick-like chicken legs, uh-huh. I, I can attest. Uh, when I was dating, no woman ever asked to see my calves. Uh, Never once. Never once. Never once was it, you seem great, but let me see your calves. Let me see them calves. Although I do appreciate a good, a good strong, large calf situation on a man. I do. But I don't, um, I don't require that as an implant, I would say. Yeah, wouldn't you rather have a guy with skinny legs than a guy that would consider putting calf implants? Actually, I guess I take that back. Do whatever the hell you want and be however you want. But also don't stand there and say, I'm pretty much perfect, except I need calf implants. <laughs> it's the I, I'm pretty much perfect part that I except, hate. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing I've got that's keeping me from being perfect. Yeah. Stick anything you want. You only live once. Uh, You got one for us, Curdy. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is, again, from Mashable. I really enjoyed Mashable for this episode. Yeah. This is a a blast from the past. Uh, This is uh, 11 stories from 2017 Mm -hmm. to remind us all that animals are getting smarter and committing more crimes. Yes. Uh, I love this. This is for you, Emily. Uh, oh, this thank is by you. Max Knobloch. Love uh, Max. I'm going to skip fan. a bunch of them because a bunch mind. of them are just like, Meh, I can see how that would happen. But here we go. Number okay, three, joyriding slash unlawful pooping in a car, colon, this bear from Colorado. <laughs> 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 oh god also i want to give it up for max because this is a very well written article by and what when i say well written it's written with a a style and an offhandedness of where max doesn't for a journalist max does not give a shit about giving details <laughs> all right I'm pro Max on this one. I, me too, because it's kind of better to not know. Uh, so this is the description of that. For all the distressing, distressing moments of this year, the phobe <laughs> 2017, uh, don't worry, it gets yes. worse. Yes, <laughs> it's going to get dist- so much better. <laughs> for all the distressing <laughs> moments of this year, the following sentence is true. Mm. At some point... Uh, a large adult bear broke into a human car, put the car in neutral, crashed that car, then pooped in it before disappearing into the night. Oh, I am it is. so happy about it. Oh, I guess all of these are links. So you, you can go to Mashable and look. There's a link uh, to this article if you want to find out about it. Uh, big fan of that. I'll give you a few more. Yeah, give me one. Um, arson, uh, colon, this tortoise named Bits. 
Uh, arson is very wrong, but naming your tortoise bits is very right, which means mm-hmm. there's no morally correct take on this case. The details, however, are as follows. A tortoise, Bits, knocked over his warming lamp in a fit of rage Uh-oh. and started a fire that spread to a neighboring home. The fire caused roughly $150,000 in damage. Mm. I hope mm. Bits it's, was okay. Yeah, was that, that, I, would, I need to know if Bits is okay. I know. We got to go and click on this, this Mashable link, guys. <laughs> Tortoises um, live a long time. I thought about getting one, and then I realized that they live a very long time, and I was they, like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. If yeah, I that tortoise will outlive you. Years. You'll be burdening. Yeah. yeah, those Galapagos tortoises, those land tortoises, are like 105 and 110 years old and stuff. No, thank you. No, no thank, thank you. No. I'm not going to go to the Galapagos and steal one illegally. Listen, nope. that's probably smart. <laughs> disorderly conduct slash indecent exposure. Colon this big iguana. <laughs> <laughs> he sets them up. And he this, knows how to use a colon, Max. He, know, he knows how to use a colon. This is from the Stewart Police Department Twitter's mm-hmm. page. Uh, Stewart Police apprehended suspicious iguana hiding from authorities at a local downtown restaurant. Uh, this guy has been able to elude officers for a few days, and sightings of him resulted in an iguana hunt, leaving officers empty-handed. Finally, he was taken into custody. And Max writes, Thank God police were able to arrest this Florida lizard before he did a bunch of lizard stuff. We aren't sure what he was doing exactly, but he is an iguana, and the police arrested him. Oh, that's really good. Also, indecent exposure. Uh, I mean, isn't that, was he, do they normally wear clothes? I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what that is. <laughs> he should have a little Hawaiian shirt on. Thank and you, some Oakley blades wrapped a little around cigar. every time. Yeah. Absolutely. They are the coolest <laughs> animal just as they are. Just looking at it, they are cool. They're the popular kid in high school just looking at them. So he was probably doing some weird, he probably had a skateboard. Yeah, and he was, I think you're right. Although, are they the coolest kid in high school? I don't know. They don't turn out great. But sure, but in 14, high school, in high school, oh, yeah, God, 14, you want to be right. an iguana in high school, uh-huh. <laughs> especially with a little shirt on. But mid thirties, no, 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 no. No, you don't want to get around that iguana. <laughs> what that iguana is going to put you something in, in your drink, Emily? What animal was I? Oh, I was probably the bear that shit in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I was just breaking into people's cars, causing a lot of trouble, being very emotional everywhere, and then oh. just taking a big shit in a car and leaving. Were yeah. you a troublemaker? I didn't know I that. I was a big troublemaker. Yeah. Oh, cool. Goth kid, big troublemaker, got into a lot of trouble, got suspended a bunch. You got oh. suspended a bunch? A bunch, yeah. Oh, I was a that's bad kid. Great. You oh, were a really so bad cool. kid. <laughs> but also, you're very, um, you're very, I think, like lawful currently. Very much so. Yeah. It definitely. Yeah, it was, I, I, to say it was a phase, I was just really angry and couldn't figure out what to do with it, so what I did with it. And I also flouted authority in really, like, just obnoxious ways. I was, like, testing the limits and, yeah. like, trying to prove I was smarter than my teachers, and, like, yes. that often backfired pretty mm-hmm. hardcore on me. <laughs> they were like, get get away, go home. You actually don't, I frequently would wear shirts that would have, like, curse words on them, and so then I would get sent home for that, too. I got, I got one of those once. A couple, three of those, yeah. It was an Primus. atomic dustbin t-shirt. <laughs> Primus t-shirt for me. <laughs> we did a cross-dressing day in my high school one day, so I wore a skirt and a you know, my, I have an older sister, so I wore some of my older sister's clothes, and I remember a friend sprinting towards me before homeroom and being like, "Scotty, they're suspending all the boys dressed like girls." And That's I go, unfair. "What?" So I 
um, so I ran and I played sports. So I ran to my sports locker and put on like my soccer shorts and like a jersey. Like I just switched that is out so of it unfair. because they, they were like taking. I they totally were taking somebody came in like a full prom dress, which is like amazing. And that's yeah. amazing. And I just had on like a skirt, you know, and a cute top, something sensible. Um and I ran and had to switch out of clothes and like they were. They were like but also it was announced over the announcements. That's so crazy. The day before, that is unfair. Like it was one of those weeks where it was like a theme every day and then mm-hmm. it was like boy girls just like boys and girls boys just like girls and and so I, what were you, so then and then any boy dressed like a girl it's like what a what a setup <laughs> yeah they just were trying to get the boys on that school. it was now a sting operation it. Yeah, it was a, a sting operation also somebody yeah. high up was just like i just want to see a bunch of these teenage girls dressed like boys that's really all it was yeah or, that's that's who spirit week was for mm-hmm. yeah or the reverse somebody was just like i want to see boys dressed like dressed like girls run for their lives <laughs> there's one and it's just me sprinting around the school like out exits i wasn't supposed to go to put on a soccer <laughs> and then i had to look like a dork and wear a uniform all it happens it, it happens. does happen um, I can do a real quick one for you, Kurt, that goes kind of along me. with that. Here's another animal one. From, I love animal ones. They're my from favorite From this ones. week. This is from Indian Trail, North Carolina. This was reported by the Whoop. Associated Press. Indian Sorry, Trail. I'm from, oh, yeah, you're from I'm North from North Carolina. Carolina, so I have to scream every time it's mentioned. I Chapel apologize. Hill, it's genetic. North yeah. <laughs> are, yeah, you, should... are you straight up Chapel Hill or are you outside Chapel Hill? Outside. I lived in Chapel Hill for a bit, but I'm from Winston-Salem. Oh, okay. When yeah. You know Great place to be from. John Daly went to school there. To oh, college I know. There. And Brett Gelman. And yep. Yep. Vadim yep. Newquist. They, those were the kids back that, in the day. That's the guy. I, I, that's a story for off mic. Well, and I okay. feel like. You know Vadim? I oh. know Vadim. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story for off mic. Yeah, I, we like don't, uh, I don't want to talk about it now. <laughs> we should get P.D. Pablo on this podcast. 100% we should get P.D. Pablo. I would love. Yes, if we have P.D. Pablo, you're coming back, Emily. We would love to I would have love that. you and P.D. Pablo as our North Carolina representatives. And I will, I'll take my shirt off. Yeah, I'll, I'll wave it over my head like a helicopter the entire... I'll do it for 55 minutes until I'm just sweating. Um, here it is, Curdy B. Uh, North Carolina Farm rents out miniature donkey to crash video calls. So there's a... <laughs> So a miniature donkey named Mambo is getting some online love in North Uh, Carolina, where a farm had the idea to spice up tedious virtual meetings, like Zoom meetings that we all hate during this pandemic. Uh, Peace NP's farm will rent to Mambo, the eight-year-old miniature dolphin, and his friends to crash company conference calls. Um, Where is this from? Who wrote this? uh, This is from the Associated Press. Oh my God! I'm and looking I at think him. It was oh also my God! Reported in the Charlotte Observer, but I got it from the AP. But I love, love, love the Charlotte Observer. Um, you know, he's like a pesky quote, a pesky little brother that quote doesn't let anyone relax too long. Uh, that's what France Francie Dunlap said. Good Southern name. Um, so Mambo, basically, if if the three of us were on a very important call, Zoom call. What are the other ones? House party. Blue jeans. Blue jeans. Whatever we're doing right now. Skype. The old the old bastard Skype who's still hanging out. Skype's um, like, I'm here, guys. I'm yeah. still here. What <laughs> are you guys doing? Us for so long. <laughs> Why um, all of a sudden now? When we could have been used so well. <laughs> so when you when you hire Mambo for you get the whole kit and caboodle. You get three horses, Zeus, Eddie, and Hiran. 
And they'll bring in some chicken and ducks, too. Uh, you know, Dunlap said, I think it'll get some laughs. Customers can reserve 10 minutes with the animals for 50 bucks. I Also, North Carolina, Indian Trail, North Carolina, anybody nearby, $50. We'll Zoom with you for $50 if you get all, this whole lineup, <laughs> this whole animal farm together. Um, she's gotten so many requests since Saturday for when she put it up on the website um, that it actually started to crash some teachers virtual oh they started to crash teachers virtual classrooms which is sweet that teachers are doing it for kids at home who are bored and doing phonics but yeah i'm pro mambo on this one i'm pro yeah. mambo hardcore are you, are it's a great idea what i'm looking, looking at him? him he's adorable does he wear a hat i think i saw one that wore a hat God, i that's mean good. he should when <laughs> he gets close to the camera he uh he's a looker he's like he's like ryan gosling the donkey <laughs> the, one of the things that's a pain in the butt about this uh, pandemic is just the restrictive travel, too, because there is no doubt, and we still might do this, that when this is lifted, that Kurt and I will fly to North Carolina and do one of these with Mambo. I would love that. Yeah. That, we'll, that would be hilarious. You hire Mambo, but it's you guys being like, hey, Kelly, yeah. how's it going? We're here, too. So <laughs> We're Mambo. here, too. Most people just have Mambo zoom in. We flew to Mambo. Yeah, we go <laughs> to Mambo. This is an eight hundred dollar bit. <laughs> yeah, which we will do. That um, is the story of both of you guys' lives. Eight hundred dollar yeah. bits. It really is. It really <laughs> is. The first time Kurt and I—I I don't even know if Kurt, you remember this conversation—but the first time we talked, and I realized that we were going to be friends because I had seen them perform on Hot Tub early, early on, and. Um, we were in a backyard in Brooklyn and somebody, I don't even know whose house. It was like a backyard picnic. I don't know why I was invited. Probably Kristen. And I was talking to you and I convinced you that we should build one of those railroad carts where like one guy pushes down on a thing and the other one lifts up. I think they're called a pushman Pullman or cart. Pullman carts. Yeah. yeah. Pullman cart. And that we should build one and then <laughs> ride it across the country. Uh, just build one out of PVC tubes and build our own. And you were like, that would be so amazing. And I was like, oh my God, this guy thinks that's a good idea. And then 15 years later, we're going to go fly and see a miniature donkey named Mambo. It happens. <laughs> Here's another quickie. Yeah. Um, last one. <clears throat> oh, last one of the day? Oh, well then... <sighs> yeah, close strong, Scotty. This I is a high pressure. I'm switching it up. I'm, I'm calling an audible because um, I know Kurt's going to love this one. This one comes from Fox 2, Detroit. Eminem donates mom's spaghetti to Henry Ford Hospital workers. I have this one. I love this. I love well, it so much. Well, let's share this together with Emily. Please, um, I don't know this. Eminem dropped off spaghetti for hospital workers, and it was all labeled mom's spaghetti. As you know, right? You know oh, about yeah, mom's we spaghetti. All we all know about mom's spaghetti. That video, if anyone out there who is, do yourself a favor, if you've not seen the mom's spaghetti Race video. Race home. <laughs> it is just you are home. <laughs> mom spaghetti replacing every single line in uh, that lose M&M yourself. Song. Yeah, in so lose, lose yourself from the eight mile for for those who were not born when that movie came out, which I have no Oof. idea when it did. For our six year old listeners, <laughs> your parents are doing a very very good job. Um, it's from the movie Eight Mile, and the lyrics are: His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom spaghetti. So Eminem. <laughs> and so go and just, yes, go on YouTube as soon as you can and Google Eminem mom spaghetti and listen to a full version of Lose Yourself where he pretty much only says 
mom spaghetti. And it's so great. I think I th- it was a comedy writer who put it together. I don't know his name. That feels his right. Her name, and uh, they're a genius. And they spent a lot of time on that. Yes, they because it kind of sounds exactly like the song, and then they added in shots of spaghetti. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for Henry Ford Health System, he delivered like plastic sort of those to-go containers of spaghetti for everybody. A nice thing to do for a Detroit boy. Great he, branding also for him. Yeah. It had a shady logo on the bottom. It said, oh. thank you, frontline caregivers. And so, yeah, always be branding. I mean... Always be branding, <laughs> even in a pandemic. <laughs> a brand Gotta be branding. <laughs> Put it on a shirt, sell it. Um, thank you. God, that Brandemic. is so good. Oh, man. I knew oh. you would like that one. Emily, do you have anything to plug before we go? Yeah, I would love to plug washing your hands. Yes. Um, I would love to plug uh, being safe. Uh, listen, we could squabble over when you should wear a mask, but I just think overall, wear masks. Yep. It's not bad. It's not a bad thing to do. Uh, you can find me at, at wear masks and at <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I would like to plug. I do have a podcast with Kumail called Staying In with Emily and Kumail. It is a limited series podcast is what we're calling it while the pandemic's happening uh, and all the proceeds go to charity. And uh, yeah, but mostly I want to plug washing your hands. <laughs> Thank you. We uh, forever, even when this ends, guys. Let's wash our hands forever. Let's wash our hands. If yeah. there's one takeaway as a as a planet, let's wash our hands. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, the only thing I have to plug is this podcast. This is the only thing that I can do right now. It's so all that any of us can do. It. You accomplished what I wanted you to do. But go on, go online, and please rate and review us. We're still brand new, and tell a friend, please. And we have merch. We now have merch. Yeah, What's your merch? It's, very, oh, it's really cool. The merch. The merch is so good. Travis Millard uh, mm-hmm. is a fantastic artist on Instagram. He's at the other fudge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is so good. Scotty got him on board to do all our art, and it's fucking great. We have a hoodie. We got a like a, a Yeti style um, sixteen ounce coffee mug, travel coffee mug. Ooh. So cool! And iguanas a- everywhere are using these things. High school yeah. iguanas are high school iguanas ever clear. Not those thirties iguanas. High school iguanas. And it's nope. a hot pink. It's a hot pink travel mug. I don't it think is. you're finding many hot pink travel mugs out there. Nope. I'm very excited about that. And a white and a white t shirt that just says hot banana. And we're gonna have bandanas or uh, banandanas. Banandanas. Banana Dana is coming out ASAP, so you know, wrap them around your face, guys. For your for your masks, you can banana Dana it. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you, thank you for having me. Loved having you. Yeah, it's nice to see you guys. I miss you. Miss you. (laughs) Bananas. Bananas. This has been an exactly right production, produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas.